Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet journalist Paula Ramos, entrepreneur and best-selling author Seth Godin, and professor of physics and astronomy Jana Levin. Enjoy. Hi, this is Paula Ramos, and I just finished recording my audiobook, Finding Latinx, In Search of the Voices, Redefining Latino Identity. I wrote this book because there is this allergic reaction to the term Latinx. Now, I think a lot of people seemed very scared of that X and what it meant. And so instead, I saw a lot of power in that word. I saw it as a way of embracing a community of 60 million that is incredibly diverse and that until this point hasn't really had one label where everyone can call it home nor where everyone can sort of feel embraced and seen. And so the whole book is a journey to find those voices and to try and create a more unified vision of what it means to be Latino in this country. If I had to describe my experience recording this audiobook in one word, it would be healing. At least as a first-time author, you know, you go into these experiences with a lot of uncertainty. You know, you're kind of nervous. And there's something very healing and something very powerful when you read the book out loud. And it sort of gives you closure. And it's this, like, affirmation of, like, you know what? I did it. And it actually feels good to say it out loud one more time. So, yes, I would say healing. I realized throughout the book, but not surprisingly, There were many words in English that I cannot pronounce well. In fact, I think I made a list because there were so many of them. As a backup, though, context, English is not my first language. I grew up with a Mexican dad, Cuban mom, spent pretty much my entire childhood in Spain. So it is with a lot of pride that I mispronounce these words. But yeah, I made a list. I mean, there were so many. Like, I will try and say them correctly this time, but assuage, paleolithic, precursor, I probably messed that one up, plaque, I mean... The most simple words I couldn't necessarily pronounce correctly, but that in and of itself is part of the point of this book. No, it's okay to mispronounce, and that is what makes us all us. But yes, many words that I could not pronounce. Throughout the narration, I'm proud that I was able to, I think, really visualize the book for folks. I mean, the book is a road trip across the country, right? And and actually, while I was reading it, I found it more powerful to read it out loud, actually, than to read it, to be honest, because I think so much of the book is in the visuals. And so, you know, I was able to get in the skin of drag queens and, you know, a black Latino prod boy in Miami and my high school friends also in Florida and farm workers in the Central Valley in California. So I think I was able to try and attempt to step in their skin and give voice to them. And I think a lot of the book is also sort of like my journey of self-discovery, right? And a lot of the thought process. And I think narrating that and saying it out loud and walking the listeners through it, I think, I hope I did a, a good job at that. Because I think that's so much of the heart of the book, you know, the, the sort of like uncovering and unfolding in real time of this journey across the country and all of us together, myself and the listener, sort of seeing things for the first time and understanding people for the first time and listening to words for the first time. So I think I did an okay job at that. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I think I would cast Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. I think, especially today and the craziness of this world, I think her voice calms me. 
Her voice is wise. It's serene. It always grounds me. You know, I've read her many times. I obviously follow her. I admire her. And I think she's someone that would really understand this story. So I would go to her as my dream. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was, well, I read it and then I, I listened to the audiobook. And it was Becoming by Michelle Obama. And I think it's just that first scene in the book where she talks about the stillness and how quiet her house seems, right? This is like after a transition, once they're out of the White House, the house is empty. And I thought it would do her more justice if I could listen to her voice in addition to reading it. And I think that first scene tells you exactly why, not to understand the quietness and the stillness that she's talking about in that home, right? Like days after leaving the White House, I wanted to hear her say that, right? And then, I mean, that was one part, but then I really wanted to hear in her voice what it meant to fall in love with President Barack Obama, know what it meant to be the daughter of her father, right, who went through so much. So I thought her voice would add a whole new experience and dimension to the book. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car, actually. I tried to take many road trips, and it's in those road trips and car drives whether to D.C. or upstate, that I, I listen and listen. and gets me through, through the road and through the hours. I hope you listen to a clip from my audiobook. I begin this journey as far west as I can. Contrary to what you may think, the heartland lies at the edges of the United States, not the center. Along California's Central Valley, the endless acres of land are responsible for growing more than half of the country's nuts, fruits, and vegetables. This region of America is home to the voices that nourish our soul and fuel our wallets every single day. Many of those voices are undocumented, which reflects the national reality. There are approximately 2.5 million farm workers across the country. More than half of them are undocumented, and more than 70% identify as Latino. For decades, Americans have grown accustomed to looking at these rural areas through a one-dimensional lens of immigration because of stats like these. Yet the Latinx frame forces one to look beyond that narrative and see the lives that lie inside these regions and communities. Hey, it's Seth Godin. I'm the author of a book called The Practice, Shipping Creative Work. I was inspired to write The Practice because for 40 years, I've been trying hard to ship creative work. And I've helped people around me do the same. And we've all discovered that creative work, the stuff that might not work, the generous work that only a human can do, is the work we want to do. It's the work we need to do. And if we show up indoctrinated to work in the industrial system, to wait to get picked, to wait to do what we're told, we are going to be replaced by a computer or outsourced. And worse, we are going to be treated without the dignity we deserve. We don't get a chance to lean into the work and do work we're proud of. But shipping creative work is surrounded by a lot of mythology. And over and over again, I talked to people and wrote about that mythology, about how we get stuck, about how we invent things like writer's block. And I realized it was time to put it all together in a book or an audio program as opposed to just another blog post. And the reason is because books and programs are made to be shared to be used with other people. And if we can create a circle of people who support us, who get the joke, who are on a journey with us, then we get a chance to lean into the work and make things better.
If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be a relief. Here's why. I've recorded all of my audiobooks. I think it's about 20. And I used to just power my way through it. The producers were amazed. I would show up at the recording studio and record a six-hour book in seven hours. But as I got older, it took longer and longer to recover from each recording, sometimes as long as a month. So when I recorded This Is Marketing, I decided to record it in my home office. Basically, I took a shower, lined it with foam and moving blankets, and built a little studio in there. I go into the shower, I shut the door, and here I am recording for you. As I was recording This Is Marketing 20 minutes a day, I thought I had outsmarted myself, that I had shown up in a way that my body could handle. Well, two or three days into the process, I got a cold. I started working ever harder to get that book done, and I wiped out my vocal cords. I was unable to speak in any way for three weeks. I really thought I was never going to be able to speak again at all. And thanks to John, a fabulous speech coach in New York who was willing to see me right away, I rebuilt my ability to speak. Turns out that recording an audiobook is different than talking to somebody. Your entire body acts differently, even if it's a book you wrote. Well, when it came time to record the practice, I was a little nervous. Could I do it? Could I remember the lessons John had taught me? And so, when I read that first chapter and ended up with more energy than I began with, I was relieved because I knew I could do my work, I knew I could share these ideas without ending up mute for the next decade. When I record audiobooks, because I'm the author, sometimes I annoy the producer by actually changing the words in the book when I bump into a word I cannot pronounce. I decided while working on this book that I will never use Hermes as an example of a luxury brand again. Because every time I see that word, which should be pronounced Hermes, I think, but it isn't, or like the Greek god Hermes, no, that's not it either, it's Hermes, I'm like, this is too much trouble. From now on, it's going to be Louis Vuitton. But there was another story inside this book about Samuel Beckett's great play, Waiting for Gatto. Now, I didn't know how to pronounce Gatto. Waiting for Gatto turns out to be my favorite play. And there's a lot of discussion about how you pronounce G-O-D-O-T. What did Beckett mean? So in the middle of the recording session, I got up, I went on to Google, I found out that there had been an interview with the first person who directed the play, who knew Beckett personally. He says Gatto, and so do I. My producer wasn't so sure But in this case, I said, I'm not rewriting this because Samuel Beckett's the person who needs to be in this book. And if Samuel Beckett and his director wanted to say Gatto, then that's fine with me. I'm proud in recording the practice that I was able to bring my energy to the book, that it is challenging to do nonfiction audio because nonfiction is a little different than the drama you expect from, say, a Harry Potter book that in a Harry Potter book where one person is doing a voice of someone else doing another voice and there are snakes and basilisks and everything else, it's pretty easy to create drama. There's not a lot of drama in the practice, but 
there's enough of me, I hope, that it will accompany you on a long drive and keep you awake all the way to the end. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook myself, I would cast James Earl Jones or Meryl Streep, and they would turn me down, and then I'd get to read it, because I always read my audiobooks, just like I write all my own blog posts. It doesn't make any sense at all to me for somebody else to read these words. These words are mine, and they sound like me, and I sound like me. The two audiobooks that I've listened to that stunned me into believing that audiobooks themselves can be works of art were Patti Smith's Just Kids and Ben and Roz Zander's The Art of Possibility. Patti Smith, if you're listening to this, and I doubt you are, I love you dearly. I love your voice. I love your stories. I love the way you have carved out a life of art. I love the way Robert and you were in love. I love the way you narrate Robert talking about you. I love your bizarre Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or wherever you're from accent. That audiobook is priceless. And once a year, whether I need it or not, and I need it, I re-listen to Ben and Roz Zander's The Art of Possibility. It is a beautiful audiobook, and the words in it are priceless. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is my car. I found that if I'm doing anything else while I'm listening to an audiobook, I get distracted. And the next thing you know, I've missed a bunch of sentences. But for whatever reason, I can drive safely and still enter the fugue state that a great audiobook is capable of producing. Lately, my wife and I have been listening to The Power Broker. It is 66 hours long. I think that Caro would have benefited from a little bit of editing, maybe if it was a 58-hour audiobook. It might have been a little stronger, but it's still the greatest biography I've ever encountered. And now, here's a clip from The Practice. Lost in all the noise around us is the proven truth about creativity. It's the result of desire. The desire to find a new truth, solve an old problem, or serve someone else. Creativity is a choice. It's not a bolt of lightning from somewhere else. There's a practice available to each of us, the practice of embracing the process of creation in service of better. The practice is not the means to the output. The practice is the output, because the practice is all we can control. Hi, this is Jan Levin, author of Black Hole Survival Guide. I was inspired by the very nature of black holes. It's a subject that I've never lost interest in that still moves me. And I wanted to tell the story of the unknown side of black holes, the things that people don't know, but they think they know, that make them the most extraordinary and fascinating phenomena in the universe. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that would be fascinating, because the subject still fascinates me. I don't get tired of it. I'm still moved by the concepts. I find them riveting, and I find the subject to be very emotional in a lot of ways, as opposed to a dry academic subject. I find it to be very compelling and to give us a, a chance to really question who and how and why we are in the world and in this universe. 
I realized I had trouble pronouncing a few words that I thought I was pronouncing correctly. I suppose the hardest was a phrase in German that Einstein used to describe spooky or ghostly action at a distance, and also an island off of the coast of Africa, Principi. So it was good. Now I know. I'm excited that listeners will come on this really strange trip with me. I think that's very exciting. And I love the idea of being there with the listeners. And I'm excited to imagine what they will imagine, what the listener brings to the visualization of this subject and what the listener brings in terms of their own thoughts, how their thoughts will wander afterwards, because it's hard not to keep thinking about some of these things. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Morgan Freeman, just because he has the most wonderful voice. And he's narrated some television shows that I've been in, so I've cut the audio of him saying my name so fabulously. <laughs> the last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. It's a beautifully read narrative in which the author really um, explores these very fine and detailed observations of her characters. Incredibly emotional and painful aspects of the story are very coolly described without, you know, a silly reliance on adjectives and descriptors. It's almost like factually listed some of the darkest parts, and you are forced to compile for yourself this kind of horrendous or horrific image of some of these stories. I love listening to audiobooks while I am moving. So if I'm being carried by a train, if I'm on a plane, if I'm running, if I'm bicycling, if I'm walking to run some errands, that's my favorite time to listen to audiobooks. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Black holes are nothing. Black holes are special because there's nothing there. There is no thing there. I probably accepted black holes whole as complete conceptual entities, before I was able to doubt, before I had intuition to combat. They were fodder for fantasy. I received the fact of their existence without resistance. Gullible and without prejudice, I could see the plausibility, appreciate the curiosity, their peculiarity, accept the universe as it was presented. Maybe it was the same for you. It's very unlikely that this is your first encounter with the astrophysical oddity that is a black hole. The warp in space-time so strong that not even light can escape. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.